doubt, to feel uncertain, or to question the truth or fact of something, to disbelieve. This week, we're talking with Robert Sullivan and Ben Valentine about the importance of asking questions. This is a interesting conversation, you could say. If you want a lot of fun and enjoyment, this is definitely your episode. But also, there's a whole lot of in-depth conversation. Let's check it out. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10. Today we have Robert Sullivan and Ben Valentine here talking to us today. Uh, I've known these guys for a while. We've done a lot of worship stuff together. So we have a lot of years collectively of worship leading experience in the room. How long have you been leading worship, Robert? Oh gosh, I started leading when I was 16 and I'm 32 now, so I'll let you do the math. Okay, and then Ben. Lazy. <laughs> I started leading worship when I was 16 and I'm 24. <laughs> And I started leading whenever I was 16, and I'm also 24. <laughs> so we could do it like some of those lawyer companies do. It. Right, I think collectively. Called, I think they're called law firms, but like, <laughs> um, so we to collectively, we have over 30 years. Yeah, so we're, year. this is a, there's a lot of experience. And Elaine has two to bring oh, to the go. table. Mm-hmm. So we all have, I did was sing, but. That's okay. That's, okay. Yeah, that's all we do, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of uh, church experience here, a lot of leadership in church, which is going to be a little bit about what we're, or I guess that leads into what we're talking about today. But just as a, just a quick prerequisite here, this episode is probably going to be pretty um, fun because uh, poor Unedited. Elaine here, yeah, poor Elaine here, she's going to be the oddball out for sure because I'm the only girl in this and the only house. one that's not sarcastic and snarky. Don't point to me. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun with this one. Um, and just as a quick reminder, if you haven't heard one of our episodes, this is recorded live in our little studio here. So we may sound a bit more distant, but that's because we're sharing mics. Because I was too stubborn to let Robert bring his own. Alfred. Yep. So anyway, uh, Robert's the one that picked the topic, so I'm gonna let him go ahead. And uh, well, first, before we get to that. I want to just give a quick shout out. Robert also has a podcast. He just now relaunched. He's been podcasting way longer than we have, but he relaunched his podcast recently. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I have a habit of launching the podcast and doing like four episodes and then stopping. So hopefully this one's going to last a little bit longer. When is this one going live? This one goes live Monday. Oh, so mine will actually be going live at the same time because it's going to be launching this coming Monday too. Yeah, we go live at 4 (laughs) a.m. So I don't know what time mine's going live. <laughs> Probably depends on what time I finish editing it on Sunday night. But <laughs> the idea is to have it do it every Monday. And it's going to be at worshipleading.net, mostly talking about tips for worship leaders and stuff like that. But also for anybody that's interested in worship, it's very yeah, cool. So. Uh, are you going to have it like in time on iTunes and stuff like that too? Is that the plan? Yeah, or? it's going to be on iTunes and um, Android Play or whatever Google it's called. Play, yeah. yeah, Google Play. Stitcher. Make sure to put it on so, Stitch. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, where, so where all the millennials are. Yeah, check out. You know, it's really weird. A lot of people don't know about podcasting. I know. I, so many people are like, "Man, I've just been recently getting this thing called podcasting," and I was like, "Where have you been?" Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people think podcasting are like videos. Yeah, yeah. we have like, those Facebook Live videos, and everyone's like, "I saw your podcast." I was like, "What?" That was <laughs> a Bible study that we just happened to put the camera out for y'all to watch. Like, what are you talking about? It's like it's really good. I'm like, y'all are not y'all are like super biased for us. <laughs> you can make that into a separate podcast, though. Right? So. Yeah, a video. Just a take vlog. the audio of it. <laughs> um. Yeah, with all the weird dead silence and us yeah. talking to people on the screen that don't exist in the audio world. Hey, there you go. Uh, so anyway, Robert, go ahead and intro this topic for us. And we have no notes today. <laughs> so normally we try to come with like slightly prepared. And today we got Winging nothing. It. We have so, a topic. We do have a topic. We do have a topic, yeah. And Robert's going to give us that topic. And he's going to tell us why we picked that topic. Because I don't <laughs> even know why we picked oh, that yeah. topic. So. so a couple weeks ago, I was actually talking to a friend of mine that was in, or he's in leadership in churches. And we were just talking about like 
our faith and things like that and how in a position of leadership in the church, it's difficult sometimes for us to have questions about faith and about even like belief in God. And so I was, I was kind of thinking about this and it's something I struggled with several, several years ago um, while I was on staff at a church leading worship. I was like, do I even believe any of this stuff that I'm, that I'm actually singing about every Sunday morning? And so that's, I was thinking about this again as I was talking to this guy. And so that's kind of whenever you ask me what I want to talk about, I'm like, well, let's just talk about this because nobody seems to yeah. really talk about like, hey, it's okay to have questions yeah. when you're in leadership in church. So Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people even like people in church have yeah. those questions and they yeah. feel scared to ask. Yeah. And a lot of times whenever you ask like a lot of pastors who've been doing this a long time, you get really generic answers because yeah. I, and I don't think they do that intentionally. But I think it's just like they have these these responses. They're like, well, this is what the Bible says. But yeah, when you're on staff at a church and you're having to go to your senior pastor and you're like, hey, uh, you know, I'm questioning basically everything, and you know, you hope that he'd be able to like talk to you about that and and engage with you and be like, yeah, you know, I understand. Like we all have these moments where we have that. But a lot of times, you know, you're scared you're going to get just those biblical. Well, this is yeah. what the Bible says, and sometimes you need more of a maybe like a worldly quote unquote, you know, view, like you yeah. need some solid, like something to back up your faith. Maybe, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Being in those places of like questioning, like what's some of your experiences? <clears throat> um, well, whenever I was going through it and still times that it's like, even, even today, it's, I mean, it's not like super strong or anything, but there'll be like days where like, do I still believe this? Like, but at the time that I was mostly going through it, I was able to approach my, my pastor it was my youth pastor at the time because I was serving as an intern and I was just telling him like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. And he was like, you know what? I have questions too sometimes. Yeah. And that just like really lifted it off of me that like, okay, the, even though like I'm struggling with this, mm -hmm. like he's willing to say he's doing it, that he has questions too and has to go through it. So it was more like, Hey, let's, let's figure these things out together. Cause I don't know the answer, but let's just dive in and see what we can find. So we did go through the Bible a lot and look at a lot of those things. And he also would like look back in history books and say like, okay, you can look and see Jesus was crucified here and like go back and <laughs> right. do more research instead of just in second John, it says this and this and this. So, Right. What about you, Ben? What's some of your experience with that? Um, there's always kind of this, especially in the Bible Belt, this kind of taboo. Like if you say you question, you know, your faith or you have questions out loud, you like either you lose your salvation or you're kind of like, immediately an outcast because you know a good question christian never questions their faith and like realizing that um you know sometimes if you if you have questions uh in my experience i've had questions and it was ended up being the, the prompting of the lord to encourage me to go and find those things that actually strengthened my faith right um and then you know there were some times when i just have to remember like okay in this moment I knew that God was real. And I remember that moment. Yeah. And I remember that experience. And, um, and I just, I, I pray that he would just re, re bring that, bring that back to me. Like, like, let me relive that experience and, and show himself to me more. Uh, because just, you know, the world, the world is, gets crazier and crazier. And mm -hmm. sometimes you, you think like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? You know, if yeah. if God is all powerful, if He's always there, if He sees everything, why do these things happen? And um, learning that, you know, you're not the only person that has these questions. Uh, just about everybody, if they're being honest, goes through it. Yeah. And um, and that that alone, being having the freedom to have those thoughts, was such a weight lifted mm -hmm. off my shoulders. Right. Yeah, that it was really easy to to dive back in and remember past experiences where I was like, I mm -hmm. knew the Lord was real, and it just really encouraged my faith. Nice. Well, I think like, you know, if faith was easy, then it wouldn't be faith. You know, mm -hmm. like if you didn't yeah, have yeah. those moments of doubting and questioning, then then you wouldn't be living by faith. You'd be living by fact. You know, yeah, right. and what we may perceive as fact, a lot of times can interfere with that. You know, like we go through these moments where like exactly what you're saying, like thinking back to when we first got married and Elaine was in the hospital and I was like, you know, God, we did everything by your book, you know, like, yeah. why are we sitting here in the hospital? And in reality, like it was preparing us for something like, I don't think God inflicted the sickness on her by any means, but I think he was using that to take it back to a point of like starting our marriage where we, we weren't even focused on each other. 
you know, our marriage was pretty much uh, started by having to be focused on him because we were so scared for health reasons and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I have a big, like, so there's a lot of things in the Bible. And I, I know a lot of people have different views with this. Some people believe the Bible is 100% literal. Other people believe there are certain parts of the Bible that, you know, are more figurative and such. And, and uh, so, yeah, I'm not exactly what you call, like, fundamental in a couple of my beliefs, maybe. Yeah. Like, just throwing a couple out there personally, because I don't mind sharing. Like, I don't necessarily believe in seven literal day creation. Yeah. You know? I, I had to start, I'm very, like, scientific in the way I think, and, like, evolution and all that stuff appeals to me. Yeah. Um, not saying I buy into everything, but I think that science is just the study of creation. And uh, I think, like, there's this, like, pitting against each other. And so, like, I believe that when the Bible says, like, God created the earth in seven days, and in the beginning, he spoke everything into existence, and we just call that the Big Bang, yeah. you know? But, like, I think that it kind of plays off each other. And, exactly. you know, the Bible also says some, something along the line. I'm not quoting this word for word. maybe butchering this, but, like, you know, a thousand days to us is but a day to God, yeah, in, exactly. in essence, you know? And so, like, no, I don't necessarily believe a literal seven-day creation, but I had to question my... There was, like, a point when I was a teenager, you know, yeah. um, this is a minor one, you know, there's been other things that have made me question, but a minor one was, you know, me asking myself, well, the Bible says this, and if I'm taught that this has to be literally interpreted this way, and I'm... And, of course, I hadn't read the context for myself, can I believe, you know, like, how yeah. is, like, my mind just physically can't wrap its like wrap around this idea and I'm not saying God can't do it yeah. but just there's so much other like scientific evidence saying the altar and so I had to realize like it's all within context and I had to be okay with that just because you know someone else may believe this doesn't make me not a Christian you know it yeah. doesn't change like there's the essentials to being a Christian and that's not one of them you know yeah exactly like there's so many things that people think of and they're like what you were talking about with creation like was it seven days? Was it several thousand years? And it's like, you know, the answer to that could be yes. It could be right. both. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, there's so many places in the Bible that that could actually be. Like, hey, if I take my ring and, like, pass it through a piece of paper and say that's like a little world in there and there's little stick people or something. And one person's saying, you know what, I think that as you pass it through, you, like, see a line and another line and another line because it's two-dimensional. And then, like, another little stick figure's like, no, I think that's Robert's ring. And so they're seeing it two different ways. This guy's like, no, it's it's just a bunch of lines that are passing through at different times. And the other guy's like, no, it's a ring. And, well, they're both right because it is a ring and it is a bunch of lines. So I think there's so many, like, false dichotomies that we set and say, hey, mm -hmm. it's either this or this. When it's like, you know, it could be both. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, so what – when it comes to, like, traditional church, when the Bible Belt and everything, how does church – contribute to like i guess maybe questioning like your faith like does the church does the church set up a good atmosphere where you can do that freely and not feel like you're blasphemous or do you think the church is doing like like where are we doing it right or doing it wrong yeah well i think one thing that um that i've i've even i've been around in church is like if someone gets sick or they have an injury or whatever um you know someone in the church or a leader might tell them well that's because there's sin in your life and God is punishing you. Oh, man, you. that hurts me so much. Oh, and, uh, and, and the thing is, it's Incredible. like what, what the enemy intends for evil, God uses for good. So things may happen that we don't understand, but the Bible is full of things that, like bad things that happen to people and, and God uses them for good. I, uh, I was playing basketball and I tore my ACL, my meniscus, and I fractured my arm. And uh, I was like, why did this happen? And I just thought about that for a long time. And then I realized, you know, life, things just happen in life, yeah. you know. But um, I believe that God is going to use this for good. And so I was like, let me just position myself and keep my eyes open for the good that can come out of this. And yeah. I saw a lot of good that came out of it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, it's interesting because if we want to talk like a literal word of God for a second, uh, you look at the book of Revelation and it speaks of these four creatures that's made entirely of eyeballs. <laughs> like, as creepy as that sounds as is. I just can't see it. Yeah. Oh, don't understand. Yeah. So you got four creatures entirely of eyeballs that are constantly looking uh, at God, the Father, on the throne, circling around him. 
uh, noticing new aspects of him with every one of them eyes all the time and crying out by how much they've noticed. And we down here look at God as if we have him all figured out. We and, like to pigeonhole God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we wrote, we have these uh, 66 books that were inspired by him, or you know, and and everything that we can pull from, we can pull so much different, you know, you can pretty much fit any agenda out of that if you want to pull it from that. And we take these concrete things that we claim are fact, and we say, these are it. But there's so much more to God. You know, that's yeah. why, there. you know, it's said that uh, Paul says a few times throughout the New Testament, is like, use your spirit to discern your situation, basically. Yeah. You know, like, it's, there are concrete things in the Bible. Yes, there are concrete things to Christianity, but there's so much that, that I don't think that a lot of times um, we allow people to have the freedom of expressing, like, well, what about this, you know? What about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a book called the I think it's the Bible Code or something like that. It's yeah, basically the it's read between the lines and it's <laughs> it's kind of funny to listen to, but you think about it, it's talking about uh, ancient aliens or whatever, you yeah. know. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of an interesting theory of well, how would you describe a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Sounds like a freaking spaceship, you know. Like now, I'm not saying that there were aliens in the Bible, but I'm just saying no, like, you're not saying they're not right. No. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to think. Elaine's like, like there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I know the answer to this already, but what are what is both of well, everyone in the room? What is the opinion on like asking questions? Is it okay, and what is acceptable, and what isn't acceptable? Maybe. Yeah, I th- it's definitely, ex- well, it should be acceptable. I think a lot of people in the church have have issues with other people asking questions because they don't feel comfortable asking questions. And they mm-hmm. feel that because they don't have the answers to their questions mm-hmm. that it's yeah. not okay for other people to ask questions. Well, and can, so... Can I um, run in real quick there? Yeah. Do you feel like people feel like they're, um, by someone asking a question, it's challenging their faith maybe in a way? Yeah. Like, it's making yeah. them like, mm-hmm. you know, like... It's 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 scary. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people like just the the normal average. Like a lot of people would just soon, like, you know, somewhere like walk on the hill than have the peaks and valleys. You know, like yeah. just be kind of a happy medium. Do you think like a lot of people are scared because those questions make them think about it? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I um I look at people like Rob Bell, um, where I've learned a lot of really good theology from a lot of his teachings. Be careful. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like like that that right there. Um, he said a lot of good things. Sorry, Robert. We're gonna have to ask you to step down, <laughs> right? Right. And so then he comes out with this book, Love Wins, and basically says, "Hey, there's not a hell," which is his view, and he's getting people to ask questions and things like that. And then it doesn't negate everything else that he's said that's real and right. that, that's true. But the whole church is like, "No, you had this differing view. You had this differing opinion. Now you're a heretic. Get out of here." Right. And so, like, I see things like that and how the church responds. And a lot of times it's just their insecurities with saying, hey, do we want to even try to explore if this guy is right? Which I don't think he is. I do believe there is a literal heaven and hell. Um, but just kind of, it, it brings up this fear inside of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they don't want other people to ask questions because they're afraid to explore mm-hmm. them themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plus, I think that there have been a lot, of, a lot of people that have, you know, brought up questions and stuff and differing opinions. But, like, the church has been around for, like, a really long time. Yeah. And I feel like especially here in the Bible Belt, you have a lot of younger people asking questions. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it seems like they're asking questions of, you know, the, the older generation, things that maybe they had those questions when they were younger and they just kind of stuffed them away. Or maybe they just follow along, you know, blindly. And I feel like a lot of times there's a frustration with asking questions because one, they they maybe have questions, maybe it, it makes them challenge their faith. Um, but I think also a lot of it gets just kind of like brushed off as the younger generation. They don't follow authority. They yeah. always ask questions. Yeah. They're running wild. Um, but I think you know, honestly, I think the the tough questions can honestly produce the strongest faith. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if you have a question, and it's answered or you find it or you you go mm-hmm. on this you know journey searching through you're going to have a lot stronger faith than someone yeah. that maybe didn't ever ask never asked a question never had a second thought 
um, because those questions pull you deeper and they keep pulling you deeper and you keep searching things out instead of just staying on the shore and just, you know, looking at the ocean. Mm -hmm. Something that um, whenever I was a leader in youth group in high school, my youth pastor actually like told us to ask questions. And so like, I feel like really, like, I feel like generally the church does a bad job about like letting people ask questions. But my youth pastor and even my dad, like always said, like, as a, as a, uh, Christian, you need to ask questions. Yeah. And if you're not asking questions, you know, like, where is your faith in and stuff? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was like honest, you know, and was able to say, like, I don't have all the answers. Like, we can find these together. And, like, yeah. even if you read the Bible, you may be even more confused about what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that's just something that personally, like, I was blessed to have somebody say, like, it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. I have these same questions. Well, and there's a lot of personal conviction involved in a lot of things. A lot of questions are specific to us. You know, like, no one can give you a direct answer. It's kind of like uh, the question of, is it okay to drink alcohol? Well, like, let's be really honest. You know, Jesus threw a pretty awesome party. Yeah. You know, like, I personally don't drink. I had an alcoholic mother, so I don't drink. Mm -hmm. But am I going to, like, judge you if I sit? There was a time in my life where I absolutely would have been dogmatic about that. But now if you want to, like, sit down and have a drink next to me, I'm not going to dog on you for that. It's a personal conviction to me. Would it be a sin for me to do it? Yeah, because God and I have a, a deal with that. Yeah. But, you know, it's just as much a sin for me to judge my friend yeah. who's doing that, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like that throughout the Bible that's like we look for these, like, it's, we black look for everything. White. Yeah, to use binary. the word. Binary. Yeah, it's very binary. It's <laughs> like back and forth. It's, um, it's, it's on or off, you know. It's, it's, it's A or B, black or white, you know, there's a. A definite line, you can either cross it, it's dark and light, but there's a lot of gray area in a yeah. lot of things. Oh, yeah. And and God operates in gray areas. You know, he really does. It's kind of like Paul, whenever he's talking of like, you know, I bet I speak in tongues more than any of you folks, but I ain't going to do it up in church because I prefer to speak five words you understand and that I can pour yeah. life out into you, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to do that in my prayer life, but like, for him, that's what he's saying is like, it's okay to, or like with marriage. He was saying like, you can be single. I would encourage you to do that, but that's not for everyone. It's for me, but it's not for everyone. And so, like, it's okay to marry. It's okay to be single. So, Amen. like, <laughs> <laughs> one day. <laughs> but you know, like, there's a lot of. One day of you'll things. be single. Sorry. <laughs> 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 right. Oh man, but yeah, there's a lot of. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are personal to each person, and you have to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. If you if you try to look for the church's answer, you're never going to know who God created you to be. You're True. only going well, to be... Well, you're seeking somebody else's answers. Right. You're only going to be what someone created you. Like, you'll only be what someone persuade you to be. You'll never be who you were created to yeah. be. Yeah. And so... Because I had something to add to that that I thought was pretty cool. Was, um, you know, we, we all make up, us believers make up the body of Christ. And so we're all different parts of the body. And so... It's not one size fits all, too. Right. So, you know, um, it, you can't have an answer to your question and assume that's going to be the answer to another person's yeah. question. Yeah. I think uh, it's even like, and going back to like just random crap Paul said in the New Testament, <laughs> is he was like... That's a good podcast name, by the way. Random crap, random Paul, crap, Paul, crap said. Paul said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> he was like, you know, what a hand say to an eye, I don't want to be a hand anymore. I'm going to be an eyeball, you know? Like, that doesn't work. Or would the foot say to the head, like, I'm not going to be a foot anymore. I'm going to be a head. Like, it doesn't work that way. Everyone has to have their uniqueness and their individual yeah. functionality. Well, and, like, there's so many different facets of God. And then, like, a like me being a Christian is different to you being a Christian. Like, how you view God, like, you know, is different how I view God. And, like, there's so many different ways... Like, I guess to be a Christian, as long as like you're yeah. loving Jesus and loving others, like outside of that, like how you worship God, how you, you know, talk to God and stuff like that's you, that's your personal relationship. And like, I don't, a lot of times I don't think we encourage that difference, like diversity. I think like a lot of times churches just want you to be like, well, this is the answer, answer to this. This yeah. is how you, you know, go about this situation and like, don't go outside of these lines. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think some of that stems from it's, it's comfort. Like yeah. it's easy. Like, I, you know, thinking back to, like, when I was a youth pastor, I did my best to encourage people to, like, think for themselves and find stuff. But mm -hmm. I know so many times I gave them the generic answer. Yeah. And because it's easy, it's comfortable, it's it's bred into us, like, especially us here in the Bible. I don't know where you guys listening are from, but, you know, in the Bible Belt, like, if you grew up in church, this stuff's 
it's native to you. You know, it's yeah, your, it's yeah. your, it's your second language. <laughs> and so, like, someone asked me, well, how does God feel about this? It's easy for me to just blah, blah, blah and spit out what, what God feels about it. But then I asked, <laughs> how did, I'm like, wait a second. What does God feel? I'm not God. You know, maybe I should ask him how he feels about it. (laughs) For instance, like, when we forgive someone, we can forgive someone, but we still remember. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like to physically forget someone's (laughs) sin, you know? Like, maybe I just... Yeah, I know, right? It's like, oh, you you know, I've just been dwelling on this thing that I did. What thing, honey? I don't know what you're talking about. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Forget I said. I wonder if God's like that sometimes. Like we're like God, this thing I did last week that you already forgave me for. It's like, what are you talking about? What (laughs) you did? What? (laughs) I swear, Grace. But 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 I'm all knowing, so I I do know this. But I I forgot it. And yeah, (laughs) he's all knowing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's another good one. Like if God is all knowing, and then you get into like these super dogmatic church debates. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you were predestined to be a Christian. No matter (laughs) what you do, you were destined to be a Christian. Dang it. And then you got other people. It's like, no, man, free will. Like, I can choose. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I like, like yeah. that. But yeah, like, you can choose. Yeah, well, you got like, you know, hardcore like Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. and you got like California surfer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm man. Calling you out if you're Baptist. Right. Right. Wind, Elaine's dude. been Baptist her whole life, so. Aww. Well, we, we high school. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we represent a lot of diverse backgrounds <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah. And before that, I didn't really go anywhere. Before that, she was a heathen yep. destined for heathen. hell. Babe, if you want to say, we'd be going straight to hell. <laughs> Luckily, you married her. Yeah. <laughs> Turned it all around. Yep, I'm missionary dated. No, yep. just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We met, hey, we met the right way at a at a college. Uh, Chi Alpha. Yeah, college, uh, campus ministry, even though I wasn't in college. And then we left after. So why were you at the Chi Alpha ministry? Pick up chicks. Huh. No, hey, it what? works. <laughs> <laughs> no. Teach me your ways. Here you go, Ben. That's your, that's your method right there. Kai go, just go no, to colleges. I started going because I was really burnt out. And so I needed somewhere else where I wasn't working church for a while. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. why I started going Makes there. Makes sense. And then we left. And then we left right after we started dating. Achieved your goal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Move along. along. Yep. Still haven't found much. Can we just bust into a song? Is that copyright? Can we sing that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't finish it. I hear people throwing random songs on podcasts all the time. Right? That, right? I mean, I sang it, so. There we go. That's Robert's cover. <laughs> there we go. That one's for free. It's copyrighted. Find him on 2018. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, what are... Oh, I know what something I was going to say. Like, new Christians especially, though. We... Just a rabbit trail back here. <laughs> new Christians, you know, we... Uh, they have a lot of questions. Like, mm-hmm. they're full of questions. Yeah. And, uh, and we love to give them these generic answers, but are we helping them by giving them answers or are we helping them by encouraging them to find, I mean, I guess there's a balance to that, yeah. right? Like what, what's some advice you could give to a new Christian in asking questions? Cause they're chock full of them. That it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> that it's Keep o- asking questions. Yeah. That it's okay to not have the answers too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also for other Christians that are talking to the new Christians, it's okay for you not to have the answers Mm -hmm. or that the answers that you have um, might not necessarily work for that person. They may have a deeper question than you do. Like I think back, anytime I think of questions, I automatically think of Thomas in the Bible, which we all know him as doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you see like the whole history of events to where Jesus died on the cross and Mary Magdalene found him and thought he was a gardener and all that fun stuff and runs and tells the disciples. And so, these disciples go off and they gather together in this room and I'm going to try not to start preaching, but, but so they gather together in this room and they lock the door because they're scared of the Jews because Jesus' body is missing and all that fun stuff. And so Jesus comes through the wall and shows them like, Hey, here's my hands and here's my, yeah, right. Kool-Aid. Exactly. And so he like shows them his hands and his side and all these things like, Hey, this is what happened to me. This is real. And so in that moment, they're like, hey, Jesus is alive. But Thomas wasn't with them. And so they tell Thomas about it. And he's like, you know, unless I see his hands and I see his side, then I can't believe. Which a lot of times we're like saying, okay, Thomas is doubting. But that's the exact same thing that Jesus showed the other disciples when he first mm-hmm. showed up to them. Um, and so as I was thinking about that and reading it, it then says that eight days later, they were back in that room and Thomas was with them. So I found it interesting that Thomas was with them eight days later when he has these questions, which tells me that in the midst of all his questions, 
Thomas was still saying, hey, is this true? Is this something that, like, I need to explore more? And that the disciples were not like, oh, you don't believe in Jesus, you need to leave. That they were accepting and saying, hey, we understand that you're questioning these things. Stay with us, though. And then apparently their answers that they were giving wasn't working because he was still doubting. And so Jesus came back himself and said, hey, here's the answers you're looking for. Put your fingers in my hole and they're on the side. (laughs) Might need to edit that. (laughs) Put your fingers in the hole in my hand and in my side. Okay. We're all adults here. Right, yeah. right. This is, not getting this is not a religious <laughs> podcast. That's staying. Okay, sweet, That's sweet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, and so he like. And how yeah. does Jesus feel about homosexuality? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Part two. <laughs> Stick around. Wait till I yeah. Oh, drink. Okay. Okay. But so anyway, Jesus comes back and shows Thomas exactly what he was needing to answer his question to then fulfill, and then Thomas can believe again. But it wasn't the answers that the disciples were giving Thomas that helped them believe. And it wasn't Thomas just saying, hey, I'm going to run away from these guys because I don't believe and try to find out somewhere else. It was them like all staying together is what ultimately got to that point. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a good point, too, is a lot of times, and this is a whole other conversation, but we'll just kind of touch on this for a second here. A lot of times... uh Churches are really bad about segregation, you know, mm-hmm. and clickiness. Yes. yes. And, like, there's no better place for someone who's questioning God than to be there, like, yeah. being poured into around people. And I think a lot of times we see those people as, like, oh, that's a wolf, you know, mm-hmm. a wolf in here to, like, destroy the sheep. And I'm like, yeah. no, like, you know, you're a little stronger than that. Like, mm-hmm. this this person is, is, is taking their time, even if they're defensive, even if they're mm-hmm. maybe a little offensive or offensive, yeah. you know. Um, they're taking their time to be here, and there's no place, no place on earth that is better equipped or should be mm-hmm. better equipped to handle them than right here. Is yeah. it always the case? Absolutely not. But normally, like, the hard part's done. You've already got them to you. Yeah. And there's, you know, anywhere from 20 to 2,000 of you possibly there <laughs> that can, like, honestly, humbly sit down with this person yeah. in question and, and not give them the answers necessarily, but point them in the right direction and love on them. Yeah. And, uh, but instead we all kind of look at them like they're the, you know, the, the black swan in the room, you know, we all kind of turn our gaze, you know, maliciously at yeah. them and mm-hmm. like, no wonder they feel uncomfortable. No wonder they <laughs> don't want to be, yeah, yeah. Like they're, there's a big target on their head that says unbelief or questioning. But the thing is like yeah. every person at some point was that person. Right. Yeah, exactly. But we were all taught to hide it. Yeah. You know, we were all taught that it's it's not okay to question, you know. And I think the thing, like, to realize is if you died right now questioning God's existence, are you still saved? I mean, I think, yeah, you are. You know, you can question Jesus. But, you know, that's kind of like, it's kind of like this. If you were to go to your dad and your dad was like, son, don't touch that. And, like, you, and you want to touch it but you don't do it anyway but you're like you want to do it but you don't do it out of respect but you don't know why you're not allowed to why can't i touch this glowing red thing well that's you know that's the side of a hot pan but you know he hasn't explained it to you yet he just says no don't do that and stops you and and you're questioning the reason um but that doesn't mean that you're not still acting out of faith by trusting Mm -hmm. and i think that's the big point of you know, with a lot of Christianity is it's okay to question the reason, but we're still acting by honestly, by asking the reason or by asking the question for his reason, that's showing our faith because we stopped what we were doing and took the time to ask. Yeah. And to me that shows more faith than just um blindly submitting and not understanding why. Yeah. You know, because but so a lot of many people do that. Well, and I think a lot of times people blindly submit because they want favor in the eyes of other people. Something that I, this is just me personally, it doesn't work for everybody, but I, I have a really overactive mind. So I'm always thinking about stuff in the Bible and I'm like, how did that happen? How did that happen? Like, how did, um, Jonah, Jonah, thank you. I, I don't know why I want to say Jonah. Noah, but how, Noah. Did, how did Jonah survive for, <laughs> Noah three, in the whale. for three days in the belly of a whale? 
Like how roomy was it? What did he eat? Did he eat anything? Um, and I just think about this stuff and and other things, and I'm like, I could sit here forever and just keep thinking and thinking of these questions, and I'll just take a pause and I'll remind myself of what I firmly believe, which is I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He died for my I sins, that whoever believes in, in Him, not <laughs> I believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, that and firm that there. Yeah, and um, if they all sing it, it's true. <laughs> but I'll think of these questions that I that I can't answer, and then I'll I'll remember the questions that I can answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just I've honestly set stuff off to the side, and it's like, well, when I get to heaven, I have my first twenty <laughs> questions. You know, hey, how was it in the whale? Like, yeah. how much room yeah. did you really have? Whale, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and 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 that's the thing too is like you know, God's ways are not our ways, yeah. yeah, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. So there are some things that I I believe personally, people can disagree that we just will never understand until we are seeing Him face to face. And for me, sometimes that really gives me a feeling of like kind of joyful anticipation. Like mm-hmm. if we're gonna be spending eternity in a place. At least I, I know what I'm doing for the first 45 minutes. For sure. I know for sure. I got I got 45 minutes covered, and, and we'll work out the rest. Just go talk to the eyeballs. Well, and You're a exactly. lot of times, like, I'll question things and stuff. Like, I don't think since I've been saved, I don't think I've ever really questioned, is God real? But I've questioned church. I've questioned other Christians. I've questioned religion and, like, yeah. even things in the Bible and stuff. And so, like, sometimes I think we can get too wrapped up in our questions And we just have to, like, for me, like, I'll just have a lot of thoughts and questions and stuff. But then I'll think, like, but I know God is real. Mm -hmm. Like, I know he loves me. Like, I am a, you know, a daughter of Christ. And sometimes, like, I have to put my questions aside and realize, like, this is the one thing that I do know is true. Like, all the else will follow. Like, if God wants me to know these things, like, he'll show them to me at some point or he won't. And, like, I just have to be okay with that. So uh, something you said, Ben, that that did remind me of something I was going to ask earlier. You know, we live in a society where everything is, like, fact-based. You know, like, we claim it's fact-based. You know, everything, it's not true unless you read it from a few different news sources. And we always, you know, we... Wikipedia. Yeah, or Snopes. We Snopes everything, you know, and, and we're always, like, trying to find the truth. And so both of you were both just talking, like, Ben, Andy, Lane, y'all were both talking about how there are some things we don't have answers to, which is true. Even if you're not a Christian, even the scientific community, there's a million things you don't have answers to. But how do you live by faith? How do you live whenever we, in a society, or how do you spread the word of God to a people that want facts, that want, that that living by faith is, is a complete foreign idea? You know what I mean? Like, how do we, how do we do it? How do we, like, because a lot of people want all those answers. I think the reason we want answers, and I think the reason the church has tried so hard to give these dogmatic answers to everything, is because, like, we all have that scenario of, it's like, what do you do if you encounter the atheist, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, like, what do you do, like, to to minister to the Islam, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like what do you do? And so, I think we try to give answers to everything, um, almost like rehearsing these scenarios. It's kind of like, you know, proper behavior if you get pulled over. Like, it's a similar principle in an instance. Like, when you're being interrogated, how do you respond? We're on the defense. And so how do we we live in a, in a society that wants answers to everything when, honestly, sometimes we have to do exactly what both of you were saying is to lay those down and, and accept that we're mortal and we don't have all the answers. I know there's a lot of people, and I'm, I'm friends with some of them, that feel like, you know, you can debate the... Um, atheists you know and you can you can like force your beliefs down their throat and honestly just makes both of them angry yeah you know and and i i don't i don't really know of any accounts where that worked and i wouldn't even say for a second that's christ-like so you're like you're portraying (laughs) (laughs) so you're not portraying you're not portraying christ to that person yet you're telling them believe in christ yeah 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 and because the Bible says so. Exactly, you know, and it's and it's a huge exactly. it's a huge turnoff, you know, for a lot of people. And my biggest thing is, you know, oftentimes like you can identify 
a Christian on how they love, how they treat yeah. people, how mm-hmm. they act. And if you aren't living in a way where you're showing that love and you just have, you know, you give people grace and mercy and you just are kind to them, then people will notice there's something different about you. What is that? Mm-hmm. And if it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, you know, believe in God. And you start to kind of go from there rather than just saying, hey, here's some facts that sound really crazy to anybody <laughs> right. out there. You know, there was a man who died. And if you believe in him, then all your sins are washed away. It's like, what? Yeah. He died to save you from a place that you don't believe in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know? And so it's like, I, that's, that's the one thing that I try to do is, is live my life in a way where people at work mm-hmm. are like, wow, Ben, like you're, you're really nice. Why is that? And it's like, well, because I, I believe and I, I take my faith seriously and I want to treat people yeah. the way that, that he did. Well, and I think uh, another thing too, and this is something I'm having to learn now that I'm like on the other side of like a lot of my church life and everything. Like I've kind of grown, you know, to understand Christ more for myself, maybe instead of just like what I thought I knew is that the way that we're taught to act like show Christ's love and do all this and everything. Just love on him. Right. it's it's not it's not like this we have this super spiritual behavior that we think we have to have but that's just as much of a turnoff you know oh man yeah and a lot of people pick up on that well and Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like you know like well if you accidentally slip a cuss word you're tainting your um Mm -hmm. you know your walk with christ and now all of a sudden these people are going to look at you like you're something this outcast different like No, like, now do I think you just go around, like, <laughs> acting a fool and talking about, like, all the recreational drug use you're doing and, like, how hammered you are over the weekend? Like, no, you don't need to be living that kind of lifestyle because that's not going to be acting out Christ, yeah. right? But if you try to act super spiritual around people, or and a lot of times I don't think we realize we, we do it. I think it's something that's just we innately do because we're trained to do it. And, we, yeah. you know, we have our... We have two extremes. We have like our Sunday morning face, then we have like our outsider face, but then we have like our missionary face, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to act super spiritual without preaching Jesus to minister to these people. And those people know, just like you just saying, like, yeah. you know you're being fake. You're being well, a fraud. Well, that and like, there, no matter how many questions like a new Christian has or an atheist or mm-hmm. agnostic or whatever, like you can have all of the answers to every yeah. single one of their questions. Like you can know every word in the Bible and every translation yeah. and just know everything but if you're not acting like Christ, they don't care. Right. Like, yeah. even if, you know, even if you had all the answers to all their questions, like, if you are not showing them mercy and grace and loving them, like, they don't care. That's, you know, that's a huge turnoff. And then it just becomes, like, rules and facts and all this stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. there's more to God than those yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as a musician, like, just kind of, like, practically, you know, if someone has gone to school for music and they understand music theory, but they can't play with anyone and they can't keep time (laughs) then that's kind of like you start to question like what did you learn did that actually take root i have a lot you know i'm looking at it and you're kind of scrutinizing it whereas if somebody gets up there and they play wonderfully and it's like wow and it's like yeah you know went to school for you know music and it's like oh wow great well hey what school is it you know you start to ask questions it kind of draws you in rather than flaunting your knowledge yeah right yeah well, and I think it's in James, which happens to be one of the most controversial books in the Bible, probably because it's the only one that's works-based instead of faith-based, if you want to look at it that way. But it actually says, like, show me your faith and I'll show you my works, I think is what it goes on to say. And and then it, and then I think, even going back to crap Paul said, uh, I, I don't remember where this is. I, won't, I don't know. I just I always, like, randomly claim stuff in Timothy because, you know, it sounds smart. But um, I think he, uh, somewhere in that you know, new part of the Testaments, he said uh, something along the lines of, you pray, do it such as this, like, uh, you know, you sit, you pray inwardly that God may reward you inwardly, but if you're sitting on your knees wailing before God, it's show, it's acting, you know, it's all this dogmatic thing that basically the Pharisees did to draw attention to themselves, you know, all in the first place. And I think it's kind of a, kind of like back to what we were talking about there is, um, by your fruits and by your just your general the general fruits that come of your relationship with Christ or how people are going to come to you you know like how do you know a good apple tree well it's it's putting off fruit like it has a good aroma it 
you go pick it off and it tastes delicious, you know. Like, don't go taste your friends. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Robert's side. <laughs> I can almost, like, feel sorry for the Pharisees sometimes in random points because I'm like, man, I'm being such a Pharisee. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're doing these things because it's what they've been taught yeah. to do. They're acting out because they're supposed to look holier than thou. And as Christians, a lot of times we do that. That's what we've been taught to do. It's like, you know, let your light shine. Well, you know, that's that's a natural occurrence, you know. It's not, you know, you can let your light shine by, like, being natural or you can just burn the forest down with <laughs> yeah, how exactly. overbearing you are, you know. Because yeah. Like, yeah. it's not something you do, it's something that you are. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, I mean, if you think biblical times, a light is a fire. They didn't have yeah. light yeah. bulbs. And that's a very... <laughs> Useful thing when put in the right circumstance, or it can be a very deadly thing yeah. when used the wrong way. And I think it's a good yeah. way of looking at our faith. It's like our faith can kill other people's faith, you know? Yeah. There was a story, um, my youth pastor growing up, whenever he left, uh, we all graduated out or whatever, he went and taught at a different church. And uh, he was talking about a kid who was a homosexual that was one of his students. And he had like 80 plus students, so it was like a big group. But they caught him, uh, he had his hand in his pocket, and he was doing questionable things. They kind of knew what he was doing, but like he was just, he was a kid. He was hurt. He came from like, I think his dad was in jail. His mom was a drug addict, I want to believe. And like he was 14 or 15, and he was coming to church. Yeah. And I understand you can't allow that to happen. But they corrected the situation, like, hey man, like I just want you to understand, like that's not acceptable to do in here. And he was super like, embarrassed that he got caught by it he's like i'm so sorry but like he was genuinely happy to be there and the senior pastor came up to like overheard and came up to uh to my ex-youth pastor and basically said uh i heard what happened and you're going to have to tell him to leave the church and he said if you do that this kid's never going to step back foot like never going to step in church again you're going to take everything from him He's, he's openly claims he's a homosexual. He got caught. He was embarrassed by it. He was sorry. He hasn't done it since. I think it was a couple of weeks after. He hadn't done it yeah. since. Like, please don't do this. And he said, nope, not happening. I can't risk uh, your rep, you know, our reputation on this. You're going to have to tell him to leave. And so he went to the kid and he's like, I can't believe I'm having to tell you this, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave the church. Wow. And this kid is broken home never has acceptance the only people that accept him are this this gay community that he's been a part of and he's going to church he's being he's coming faithfully mind you yeah and because he made one mistake because he didn't have any parents to teach him otherwise he made one mistake which honestly it wasn't like it was in the grand scheme of things like i think if you've worked in youth ministry anytime at all you probably have much worse than that happen anyway (laughs) but he was kicked out of the church and he actually uh, my old youth pastor actually resigned and he said i I can't work for a place he said he actually became a cop and he said i can do more ministry there than i ever could in a church and that is just so such a testament to like how we pigeonhole ourselves into these thought processes where it's about how we look and about what we say and what we do and how the people um we can't have the outsiders looking at us as if we are you know, this dirty thing because we're supposed to be the epitome of godliness. Any other things we want to say before we start wrapping stuff up? Well, I did want to say one thing and that's like, you know, if you are, if you have questions and I had, I had some, some serious questions at one point in my life and I just kept asking like, Lord, why? Just why? I had some, some big, big family stuff happen. I just kept asking, you know, mm-hmm. why did this happen? Um, you know, you're, you're good. You, you do, you know, good things. You're perfect. You see everything. Like how could something like this happen? And, um, I didn't get an answer for about five years and I just had those questions and I just kept reminding myself like, okay, but I do know there were these times in my life. I knew the Lord was real. I know he's real. And I know it, the Bible says that he is good, and I've seen his goodness in my life, and so I'm just going to focus on that while asking the questions, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to focus on the questions. I'm going to focus on what I know, 
And then when I started to get those answers, it strengthened my faith instead of weakening it. Yeah. So sometimes it, it does take some time, but I think what the Lord was doing uh, in my situation was using that question, that seeking, that longing to bring me closer to him yeah. instead of just answering that question and I stayed where I was. Right. I think a good point to try to like maybe start wrapping this up with is uh, how do you, or maybe like give some examples of your life. Like we can all kind of try to give some examples here, but in those seasons where you're asking questions, I know for me personally, um, there's been a few times in my life where I have just struggled with debilitating fear that comes over me for not really anything like fear of like that I was going to get sick and die or fear that I was going to lose a loved one or fear that I wasn't going to have enough and that God wasn't going to provide and things like that. Or fear that what if I've done all of this for something that doesn't even exist? I don't know if you guys have ever had that one before, but that's a, you know, like I've poured my life in my heart, you know, working for virtually nothing here, you know, in the physical sense. And what if like when we die, there's just nothing there on the other side. And, and what do you, what have you done? What has been something that either someone has said or something that you've been able to do that's been able to pull you through those to get to your answer? Like you were saying, Ben, you had a five-year gap and you had to grab a hold of the good things. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Um, so I had, it was rough. It was rough. And, um, you know, one big thing that I think was helpful was there wasn't anybody telling me that it wasn't like I was able to 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 ask those questions and, and no one told me, no, you have to be okay. Mm-hmm. You can't be torn up by this. You have to pull it together. You're a good Christian. People are watching. And um and the thing is there were people that saw my situation and they ended up questioning their faith and they walked mm-hmm. away. Oh wow. oh wow. And so, you know, as as someone that was in it, you know, I wasn't forced to just be okay i was allowed to to have my season of, of being broken and and i you know i had i'd started you know drinking and partying and just trying to trying to get out there and find something to to kind of numb it so i didn't have to think about the questions but then when i looked at those questions head on and i was like lord i i, I truly want an answer why did this happen it says that you take what's meant for evil and you and you you make it something good, and so where is that? When is that? And then I remembered um, there was a time when I was uh, at a kids' youth camp, and I was just struggling with a lot of stuff, and and I was just kind of a a, a horrible jerk <laughs> of a of a kid, and um, and I just I felt they're playing worship, and I just felt like some strong conviction about the way I acted. And I said, Lord, I don't want this anymore. Can you take that from me? And immediately I felt lighter. Like my body felt lighter. I was happy. I ran and found my sister. I sat her down. And I said, I have been horrible to you for 13 years, but that's over. Will you please forgive me? And she was crying. I was crying. And um, and I just, I gave her, I gave her a huge hug. And then after that, I like, like I felt, I guess the only way I can describe it is like feeling high, honestly. Um, and and I could not stop laughing to the point where my my jaw started to like pop out of place. Oh, and God. so I'm I'm standing there holding my jaw and I can't stop laughing. And um and it 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 all happened and it was like it wasn't just something that someone said to me that I was like, wow, I agree with that. Like my actual body physically reacted to yeah the presence of the Lord. And because of that, my relationship with my sister from that day forward has always been different. So I'm like, Lord, I have these questions, but I know when I was younger, you touched my life and I can look at my relationship with my sister and say, the Lord is good. And I can look at those things that I had on me that I no longer deal with. And it's like, I can look at that and say, the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to focus on what I know and I'm gonna wait until um, until the time comes that he answers the questions. And and he yeah. did. And when he did, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. And that's a question answered. And and I'm glad that I hung in for uh, hung in there for that because it would have been so easy. Like I was in that situation, you know, and I I stayed um, 
and I, I didn't I didn't walk away. I didn't let my my questions overcome me. But there were people that weren't even in the situation that just saw it from the outside, and it was so much of of a of a burden. And they had so many questions that weren't answered that they 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 walked away. Wow. And so I was really really preserved in that. Um, and so in a sense, you're saying basically like in those moments you had to kind of backtrack to your mm-hmm. breadcrumb trail and kind of camp yeah. out and, mm-hmm. and re-scout the mm-hmm. area and figure out what the direction, you know, yeah, you're exactly. to back to was. Yeah. Holding those waypoints, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about you, Robert? Do you have any closing thoughts or anything along those um, lines? <clears throat> well, I was just thinking kind of like along the same thing Ben was just saying is thinking back to the things that God has done whenever you have the questions and say like, okay, is is God real in this moment or is, did he bring me through this for no reason? Like what's, what's God's motive in this? Mm-hmm. And like thinking back and saying, well, God's taken me through all these previous situations. And so he's going to get me through this too. But it's just, we get so caught up in the moment that we're like, okay, there's, there's nothing worse than this. And mm-hmm. we put yeah. God in this situation where, okay, if God doesn't heal me by this situation, by this point in time, then he's not going to do it at all. I right. look at like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego there go into the fiery furnace and like my thought would be okay once i get in the furnace it's done god can't right like, can't yeah, stop me and so like mm-hmm. they throw him in there and imagine like screaming like ah and they're like dude i've been to go you're not even burning stop yeah. screaming <laughs> and so like i just imagine that i'm like you know it's, we 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 think that god in like this situation we're saying there's no way god would allow this there's no way god is real because i'm going through this but we we need to think beyond of our ourselves and our natural limitations that we put on things and realize that he is present in that situation. He will eventually work it to good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I look back at my life, like I didn't have a father growing up and now I can speak into people's lives that other people can't because like I can relate with them in certain areas. Right. Um, and so like just seeing things like that, like, okay, he's taking my family through situations that that we didn't necessarily need to go through, but now I look back and say, okay, he's taking me through those. So whenever I have questions now, I have things to fall back on. Right. So you have those keystone moments yeah. where, yeah. you know, uh, without a question, <clears throat> yeah. question of a doubt in your mind, you can look back and say, you know, but God is yeah, exactly. good in this. And if he was good in that, he can be good in this. Just like yeah. Job, whenever he looked back and said, God was good through all this. And I may be at this point of complete, desolation yeah but i can look back and still know that god is good did job not question things absolutely no god yeah. you know job questioned some stuff job had his down moments you know yeah. whenever everyone tells you just curse god and die you hopeless fool and job's like you know yeah. i'm thinking about it you know i really am thanks for the encouragement mom yeah he's like that sounds about as good as it gets right now but he's like but yeah. i remember yeah. where i've been and so I know where I'm going can be greater yeah. than where I'm at. Yeah. And then sometimes the question can even be like, God, you did take me through all this earlier and you delivered me from it. Why aren't you doing that now? Right. And it's really just a matter of saying, okay, let's just keep going and let's not focus on 10 years in the future. Let's just focus on one step in front of the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And then God's going to get us through that. And then then 10 years later, we're looking back on it. And that's another keystone moment that's going to get us through something in the future well and like one of my favorite bible verses but i'm super conflicted because a couple translations read it different uh i love proverbs 3 5 and 6 you know um and it's trust in in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding and all your days acknowledge him and where that it varies right here uh it either says he'll make your path straight which is a, a couple translation but most say he will direct your path and and the way i think of that is like you're going through life and no like god's not gonna make your path straight I'm sorry, you're not going to have the straight, easy road. It's going to go all over the place. But yeah. that big, long way you went around something just to end up right back where you started was actually just getting you out of the way for the crap that was coming down the road. Yeah. You know, it was, it, was, it was the long way around, but it was to save your skin from something much, much worse or to give you the, the tool you need or to get you in the right mindset to climb the hill that's coming up yeah. or to... Um, to help the passengers that's going to be broke down on the side of the road, you're going to run into, you know, coming yeah. up. And so it's hard to say, like, no, God doesn't give anyone cancer. God doesn't kill your mommy. You know, like, it's not stuff God does. Yeah. But it's all stuff that life happens. And if God is all-knowing, then he's going to know to be able to use those circumstances 
for you. And he's going to be able to say, you know, we're going to plan this path that when this comes along, we're going to have you prepared for that. And we're going to be able to take you through this into something greater. But fear is the polar opposite of faith. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in fear. I mean, it's, it's the natural reaction is you want to be afraid. And we start scenario playing where it's like, well, what if this and this and this and the worst case scenario. And you know, what is fear? Well, it's basically you, um, your greatest imagination playing out of the most negative way, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think any of us have ever really had our worst fear that we could possibly think of come to mind. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that have, and I, I'm terribly sorry. Like, I don't yeah. even know how to respond to that. I don't have the answer for that one. If fear is the polar opposite of faith, then we have to realize whenever those things in our brain start gearing up, whenever those fear that fear starts trying to kick in, uh, and and this this speaks home to me personally, yeah. and me just trying to like share my heart on this because I was told that I needed to go. I was told by a, a nurse that I needed to go on medication for my panic attacks. Yeah, and uh, I've laid in the floor and had to literally like not to be graphic, but I had to like literally take my shirt off and like take my pants off because I felt like they were choking the yeah. life out of me. And I wear V-necks most of the time, <laughs> you know, um, or at least baggy t-shirts. And yeah. so like, and I literally thought they were choking me to death. Wow. And I would just bust out in sweats and have like crying fits because I go into panic. Uh, Elaine's actually seen me have one. And so like, because I had a lot of fear right before we got married come against me. And you have to be able to grab a hold of that and say, listen, if this is so prevalent, that probably means this is a fantastic opportunity to exercise my faith. Because without that fear, if fear can exist great, faith can exist greater. And that's uh, that to me, that is the keystone of, you know, if, if the reality of God isn't sinking in, allow the reality of a demonic force, uh, the, the Satan himself agging at you, giving you this fear, because fear isn't yeah. isn't a, you know, in that kind of sense, in the panic type sense, it's not a, a human emotion that's just a natural thing. Yeah. It is a, it's an otherworldly influence. And I understand a lot of people face like things psychologically. I understand the, what I'm trying to say is like, that is beyond human like existence that is beyond what we should be dealing with on a, on a human scope. Yeah. And if you can ex- like acknowledge that this is a otherworldly thing trying to pull you down, then there has to be a greater force of good. There has mm-hmm. to be a great, a great force of faith on the opposite end of that. Well, that, and it ends up being your testimony and like you can help people with it, with similar problems and stuff. And like, you know, you can share your heart and how God has brought you through that or is bringing you through that. Or you may not know how God is bringing you through it, but you know he is. And, like, you can share, you know, with other people and say, like, you know, like, I have this stuff that I'm going through, you know, but I know, like, this can help you. And, like, this is all something that we, you know, struggle with, but, like, we can get through together. Yeah, I agree. Well, guys, I want to thank Robert and Ben like a ton for driving out here and hanging out with us and eating some dinner and, and, uh, recording this episode and talking about, uh, something that's really kind of the epitome of what this entire podcast is supposed to be about. Yeah. I mean, our tagline is, you know, (laughs) modern Christians asking questions and seeking truth. So that's pretty much like the, this is the keystone episode and it's episode number, you know, number 10. So that's probably a good, a good starting point. And you can hear some, (laughs) some pretty deep insight about, uh, Whales, mm-hmm. yeah, and stupid so corny jokes. Did just two bowls. of them swim under the ark? I honestly think the ark was whale powered. I think yeah. that you know they strapped well, it. Well, you couldn't put them in the ark, <laughs> yeah, no. so they just strapped you. You know, pulled along. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I, I, re- I ruined your outro. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I guess, if God had two of everything, that probably explains why the ocean is so expansive and like there's so much we don't know about it because they just had free reign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I was literally thinking about that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, so the fish, obviously, their territory was expanded. Right. You know what I mean? They got this is great, man. Exactly. Moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then back down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of them that fossilized, moment. and that's yeah. how we have cars today. No. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. We're still burning them to this day. Yep. Burning that midnight oil. Anyway, uh, <laughs> with that. Uh, Robert, one more time, where can we find your podcast? At worshipleading.net. Yep, and I'm sure you'll probably hear at some point from me and Ben on that. Pro- I'm, oh, I'm yeah, inviting probably. myself on your podcast. Yeah, that's fine. 
It's fine. I may actually steal this episode and just like re-release it on my podcast. Okay, that's cool. Hey, Steve, come over. You got a free episode. Yep, do it. You can find us on Twitter at underscore TRP podcast. You can find us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the reckless pursuit podcast. Check out our website, therecklesspursuit.com, where you can send us an email or send us a voicemail or, you know, all that good stuff. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, We have a group, a community group on Facebook. You can find the details below in the show notes. Guys, if you haven't done so, we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to subscribe if you like what you hear. If not, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Sure, do it anyway. (laughs) If you don't, go subscribe to Robert. He'll convince you you to come like us because it's just going to, he's going to recycle this episode. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, Hope you had a lot of fun. I know we did. Just sitting here shooting the breeze. A little more informal than normal, but that's the way we like it. So, anyway, be brave, be bold. Be reckless. We'll talk soon. This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the Word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the Word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple... You're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit. Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire. Just saved every one of you suckers. (laughs) 